Well, I'm wet, big. <laughs> and I'm dry stick. And we, we doing filmographies. <laughs> Great wall of, of sound. Great world of sound. GWS. You, did you see that one of the production companies for this film was GWS? I did not. Mm, you fucked up. Did you know that I have seen this movie before? I did not. Yeah, man. I saw it back when it came out. I was kind of hoping it was going to be a fake documentary. Well, it certainly seems like it. I yeah, was actually on the fence about that for a while till the characters came back and we're doing things. There were mul- like, oh, it's, yeah. fake. it's not fake. There were multiple times, especially in the auditions, where the one time particularly, what's that guy's name? Clarence. Where he goes, like, y'all, he's saying like y'all or something. And it just felt like he was pointing at Healy. Keely? Healy? Healy. Pat Healy. Pat Healy and the cameras. Oh, yeah, like a production company. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. I think this movie is responsible for me liking Pat Healy. I'm actually... Really? Uh, yeah, Not like, Undertow? Oh, yeah. I didn't like Undertow when I saw it. I liked this when I saw it. Yeah. You didn't like him in there either? I don't think he registered. I mean, you spend the whole movie with Pat Healy in this thing, and then I noticed him in all the other stuff I watched. I thought when you had said earlier that you liked the actor that keeps popping up in here, I thought you were talking about Barlow Jacobs. No. I, I, think, I think my text message is just confusing. Because you said the guy with the hair... I didn't say I liked him. I said the guy with the stupid hair and this is also in the other movie. Okay. But then I was talking about... But then you were talking about Nick, the guy who played Nixon. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was a little... I love him. Confused. He's great. He's the fucking best. We should talk about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie. I It's it's fine. I yeah. still like it. It's a little bit long and it's quite a bummer, but... Here's the thing. I think the uh, main character in this movie and the main character in Lo and Behold are quite similar. Same with the main character from Dingaling Less, but he's a little bit more realistic, I guess. This character, Pat Healy's character. Yeah, Pat, Pat Healy's, I think, then a very good actor. Stull in Lo and Behold. Yeah, he's like 50% not a good actor. I'm really getting tired of seeing those actors who are unaffected by everything. Yeah. You know? It, it, people are like that, but not all of the time. He's got facial paralysis. Yeah, he like, oh, uh, this guy used to be a house payment. Now he's still an asshole, and, and they all laugh. And he's just like, oh, oh, oh. he reminds me of Taron Gillum. Is that his name? It, it's it's glass. Um, nice to meet you. Wait, what glass? What's glass? No, Taron Gillum. Gillum. Killian? I like how I'm like you idiot. You got one letter wrong. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> right though, looks exactly like him. A bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, we got to do the synopses. Oh, right? sure. Well, yeah, this was directed by Craig Zobel. Who, like, does not make anything else good? He also wrote it with George Smith. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know these people. Oh, he directed all of Mayor of Easttown. He did The Hunt, which got buried. Oh, now you love him. He did Compliance, which has Pat Healy. We need to find the money, but I'll need your help till I can get down there. We really have two choices here. He's saying he will have to take you to jail. Or what we could do is have you strip search her right now. I could strip search you here. What? No. And this. Do you know, when I first saw this, I, I really liked it a lot. Like, I thought it was just fantastic. Oh, yeah. I was, it, it, uh, I don't know. It just did something for me. I don't know why. Sure. But boy, did it. I mean, it feels like the kind of thing that when you saw this, you were into, you know? What? Just like, it's one of those movies where something happens. There's a journey, but it's also just like, mm. and then you like the movies like that. You casting spells on me over At there? At the time when you Talking saw Talking nonsense to me? No. Spell casting? No. Okay. Because I would have, if I would have seen this when I was younger, yeah. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Although, God, we could have used like 60% less auditions. But for the most part, I really liked Clarence. 
I liked his dynamic with Pat Healy. I liked the office guys. I mean, a lot of this I really liked, but I probably would have loved it if I had seen it, I don't know, in 2007, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. You, me, hanging out in St. Cloud, mm-hmm. watching Great World of Sand together. Yep. All right. When Martin, Pat Healy, moves to North Carolina with his girlfriend, Pam, Rebecca Mater, he applies with Great World of Sound to be a producer of sorts, scouting talent to sign up to make them a star. Along with his partner, Clarence, Keeney Holiday, Martin slowly begins to discover that not all is as it seems with GWS and his bosses, played by Robert Longstreet, who was Leighton. Seems with GWS and his bosses, Leighton, Robert Longstreet, and Shank, John Baker. The latter of which has initials that just how so happened to be GWS. That John Baker has like seven credits. Hmm. Like he just he just acted for like two years. Yeah. It's yeah, weird. He probably was a, I bet you what he was, he was a guy putting up money. And they're like, hey, why don't you get in on this? And they're like, hey, this guy's not bad. Let's make him a shank. Well, I heard that he uh, produced uh, the single Body Heat. When I broke out on my own, I was fortunate enough to work with a young pop star, Stephanie, whose song Body Glow went to number three on the charts in 87. Body Glow. Well, I heard that his dad works at Nintendo, and he already has the next Mario game. Really? Mm-hmm. Super Mario Bros. 4? Mm-hmm. Fuck! And his, his girlfriend goes to school in Ottawa. Oh. So you don't know her. But... Yeah, I like this movie. That's it? There's a few moments during the film. Because really, it's a film. It's not a movie. Okay. Let's get that clear. Yeah. Um, I'll stand back, sir. Where I thought something was developing, but it didn't. So I was like, oh. oh okay. What do you think was developing? I thought his girlfriend was going to leave him for that lady. That oh. dropped off the... Or she had the ukulele or whatever she found in the garbage. Yeah. They're having a moment. And he comes up and he's all like, a dick. And Lauren have found some old seats from a stadium. Want some bleachers, Marty? It's Martin. Yeah, he's just upset about his bad job. So I thought, oh, she's going to leave him for that lady. It's better that she didn't, right? It's more realistic. Absolutely. I like that they ended up the way they did. Yeah. Uh, I liked her, actually. Uh, it's, it's a much more realistic relationship where not everything's dangling by a, a thread. People yes. People fuck up. They have a fight. Yeah. And they're like, hey, this is serious. We need to stay on track. And it, it's fine. You want to help me paint this? Yeah, yeah. I'll make the coffee. Okay. Keeney Keeney Holiday? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. And the other one is when they were auditioning one of the younger ladies, and she didn't have any money, and she goes, well, I'm going to have to go call some people. Um, yo, wh- 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 when are y'all here till? Uh-huh. And how much did you? I thought she was going to call the police. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. She didn't. That we know of. Keeney Holiday has a weird career. He never, like, popped. Hmm. I assumed that he would be in a ton more things after this, because I felt like he was pretty standout role. Although, in my brain, <laughs> yeah. when I remembered this, without... I, I thought it was Ernie Hudson. You know what? That's very fair. And I, I thought I recognized him from the picture, the poster. And then when I'm watching him, I'm like, oh, I don't know this guy at all. No. I don't know why I remembered Ernie Hudson. Maybe it's just body well, posture. I just... I they have know. that same shape, sort of big head. They're both indeterminately possibly Southern, right? Like Ernie Hudson, he's got like that drawl to him, but you're not uh, sure where the hell he's from. And they have the same a similar voice. Very throaty. You know, this guy was also a character on Matlock. Oh, this guy? Yeah. Cool. When I was recording the Matlock theme song. I assume it's from season one. He's one of the characters like, oh. in, the, in the season. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what he was. Well, one of Matlock's buddies. I would. Well, but back then he would have been like 20, so. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he never popped after this. The, the, like he doesn't, I mean, he's always worked. Mm-hmm. He's never really been the star of anything. It seems like though. I mean, this guy, he just needs to be a detective. He needs to be some chick's father. He's like 73 now, man. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I don't think he's acting much anymore. Probably not. I'm, I'm saying back when, yeah, yeah, you know, back when I, you know, cared right. about him. You didn't know about him. You care about him now. In in retrospect, but not anything current. I only care about him because he's acting. Ah, hell, let's just watch Matlock season one. Booyah. Okay. Yeah. So right. this. God damn it, Julian. This movie. Uh, Remember that time you thought I was actually mad at you when I was like, God damn it. Yeah. What? <laughs> Are you serious, Jason? Suck my dad. You're going to lock me in the trunk too. Oh, no. <laughs> With an angry dog? Uh-huh. And, and so it starts. Pat Healy's interviewing with Robert Longstreet. Yep. And he just keeps going and going, and he doesn't give a fuck about what Pat Healy has to say. No, and it's funny, because at one point, he asks him a question, and Pat Healy's just like, well, I don't know. I mean, this. And he goes, all right, I like that. I like that. You're not a nervous guy, right? Not afraid to answer questions, even from the guy behind the desk, right? He's cool as a cucumber through this whole movie. Pat Healy's yeah. a very fascinating character in this movie. Well, but so there's a funny line, though, because he goes, Robert Longstreet goes, I got a feeling about you. And that's how I made it this far, having feelings about people. That's why I'm sitting on this side of the desk. And we're all just like close up on both of them. But then it cuts to a wide two shot of them, and there is no desk. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. But Peely's very observational. Mm-hmm. He never seems really affected for the most part until he starts to feel like shame and embarrassment later on. The national anthem thing is a little weird, but otherwise, yeah, I felt like he was not unbelievable. He's just a quiet guy, yeah. but he is well aware of the things that are happening around him. Yeah, he's not like a timid dork who people are really getting one over on. Mm-hmm. He. He's, he's he's watching. He knows what's going on. He's He doesn't seem to have social anxiety like the rest of us. So we see in the opening, they're actually spray painting records gold. Right. I But they don't show you who that is. So no. I was like, oh, what's, is this is this Pat Healy's hustle? He goes to flea markets and uh-huh. sells them? No. It's no, the it's great world of sound. Probably never, long ago, right. They never tell you, but eventually you're like, obviously. They don't because these guys worked out of the Chicago area. And now they're opening up an office. I don't even remember where this was. I know Nashville's where the recording studio is. Right. And they go to a couple other southern towns. But I'm like, ah, I don't know. But you get the impression pretty much right off the bat that this isn't, maybe not legitimate, but it's very small potatoes if it is legitimate. Right. And it seems like it is feasible it could be legitimate. Possibly. Taking advantage of dummies so they can record a CD that isn't going to sell. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Especially when you see the studio later and they explain a few things. But the impression that I, I was getting a feeling this whole time that this reminded me of a Vince Vaughn movie with George Went. Then get your balls out of your wife's purse and write me a fucking check. Where they're, they're like a, a phone bank, like boiler room outfit where they're calling people and like grifting them. Prime gig? That was from 2000. So he, he gets the job. Yeah. And the basic idea is that, yeah, they just put out ads somewhere and people come in and they're meant to scout talent. Now, immediately, they're, I mean, they're just trying to get everybody to sign up. Well, I, not, not necessarily immediately, immediately. <sighs> it's set up like they're looking for talent. And mm-hmm. then little bit by little bit, they chisel away at that. It's like, well, you know, uh, get everybody in there. It's important. You know? no, yeah, no, I, the basic idea is they'll print CDs for them. They'll distribute them. They'll try to get them on the radio. They won't 
own the masters or any of the music. Somehow they're making money doing this, but they ask the artist for 30% up front as a good faith gesture to show that they're serious about doing it, but also to help with some of the initial costs. I think they get 30% of the sales from the CDs. Well, they ask them for a 30% to contribute 30%. They keep saying that. And I'm like, so it's very unclear where they're making money. No way would they get 70% of the profit in perpetuity. So there, yeah, a guy comes in singing gospel and oh man, some real this shit is crazy. It really does look like hidden camera shit. Different countries of the world. Where did you go? It, yeah. Do you think that they are running ads and having those people come in, but like as for a movie? Like, I don't feel like they're tricking them. Because no, I, I think much like probably with stuff like Jackass, they rope you in under whatever guys or, or auspices. And, and decide to release. And then once it's done, they go, hey, by the way, this is for a movie. You know, do you want to? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, sure. I guess I'm just like thrown because eventually the national anthem, like mm-hmm. that's planted. They they come with us. They seem the same as everybody else. But now that I think about it, it's mm-hmm. like nah, that grandpa. It's the grandpa. I guess. Yeah. We don't even know that family friend who's kidnapped that girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's the swear word? He goes, Nah, I know you. You might have some reservations about that swear word in there, but I allowed her to do it. Got my finger on the trigger, so get your ass behind the singer. Well, maybe you're enraptured and missed it. Could be. That's a plant, and obviously the lady towards the end, but. A majority of these folk feel authentic. The lady was really pretty. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know who she reminded me of? Jennifer Connelly. No. Vera Farmiga. No. She lives in the City of Angels. Mia Kirshner. I was going to say Meg Ryan. I don't want the world to see me because I don't, I don't think, think that you they understand. understand. Uh, so, yeah, man, like, no, nobody's got money. They're... Well, just, can we, whatever you got, just give us some money. Mm-hmm. Give it, what do you, you got a hundred bucks? Just give me a hundred bucks. Yeah, because it's unclear why he then puts in his own money later. I don't even understand why he's like, well, I mean, can you do 2,000 or 1,000? Yeah. Why would you ever be like, yeah, I'll give you two. You just told me you'd accept one. 300. We'll get you in the door. And so they're doing that. And people are like, I, I don't really got money, you know? And then they start going on the road because they just place ads in newspapers. Yeah, different different towns. Your hotel is all paid for. You just got to check in. But listen, don't get used to it. From now on, the hotels, they're going to come out of your paychecks, and you're going to do all your own scheduling, all right? You're going to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Where, do we, where do we interview them? In a conference hall? If you want to personally pay for the conference room. Look, out of the rooms is how we've always done it, fellas, all right? Just, you know, bring a little CD player, a little tape thing from your house. Why the fuck would they pay for their own hotel rooms to do their job? Apparently, they pay for a lot of things. It's pretty insane. Yeah, because... It's the biggest scam I've ever seen in my fucking life. So to, so to circle back, I mentioned that Vince Vaughn movie. Are they selling Kirby vacuum cleaners? Yes. Or knives door to door? No, they're, they're phone banking motherfuckers. I think it might be like a fake investment, bonds or stock or Are something. They- but, yeah, and then later he shows up and it's just a room full of phones. It's empty. They're does, all- does that happen in Boiler Room also? Am I maybe I'd imagine. Both together? I'd you imagine. I, I never saw that. Why? You love Vin Diesel. Because I love Ben Affleck even more. And when I try to touch it, it's just like magnetic. It pushes me away. Hold on. Yep. 
Are you ready? Giovanni yeah. Rabisi. Yeah, man. Everybody's in there. Paul Walker. Nicky Cat. Yep. I don't think Paul Walker's in there. I don't think so either. Uh, You're thinking of the skulls. Julia Lewis, you know? She, was she in there? I don't know. But the reason I mention that is because it this felt like that, except none of these guys realized. Maybe the one guy had the sunglasses all the time was in on it, but. Oh, the fucking scumbag? Yeah. That guy sucks, dude. Well, most of these people I haven't seen are fucking terrible. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen one group really worth signing in weeks. <laughs> Clarence and Pat Healy feel like they are legitimately trying to find the next whatever. Yeah. They're excited about it. But as time goes on, well, we got it. We can't take checks anymore. You know, we really need the cash. I don't see how you can ask for it. And it's a big turnoff when I mention it. I lose the sale. Okay, Walter, I can help you with that. If we'll talk afterwards, okay? And then he inadvertently, somebody wrote the check out to Great World of Sound. No, no, no. It's got to be for GWS. Yeah, we later find out because his Shank's initials are GWS. So he's it's just his account. He had to open up another one for that other check, you know? It's just a lot, a lot of hassle. A lot of hassle. And but then as they go on and they start getting better at being grifters, it I think they're still telling themselves that's what they're doing. Yeah, for sure. But they're definitely just trying to take people's money. It's a nice escalation. You know, they get he gets uh, Clarence gets a an old dumb phone, and Pat Healy's looking at it. And he goes, "I think this I think this is a camera phone." Go, what? Go, Look at this thing on the back. Oh man, that's a screw. <laughs> that's you know? pretty funny. But then when they're once they establish that it, even if it is a camera phone, they have no idea how to use it. He goes at one point. Clarence goes when they sign a guy. Let me take a picture. I'll send it to whatever. And he just presses and it says like redial on the phone or whatever. Yeah. And Pat Healy looks at him like, oh, I don't, I don't like that. In my mind, he gets busted for the fake photos he does, but that never happens. No, I was, I, I created that memory. They also took some of the gold records with them to smartly set them up in the hotel room to at least make it feel like they aren't just two guys asking you for money with no real proof of anything. Yeah, dude. I mean, they seem like fucking grifters. Come to our hotel room. We never Ooh. see them give out business cards. Women show up to that hotel room by Young. themselves. Those two teenage dance girls. Yeah. It's like, holy mackerel. This could be like Murder City. For sure. And full-grown adult women who seem like they should know better. Like, that lady's like, I do not have any money. Mm-hmm. What, what if that lady has, like, several things? And Kitty Holiday's hitting her hard. Like, come on, come on, come on. You need to commit to this today. And she's the one I thought was going to call the police. But then the older lady with the guitar, uh, she's like, oh, I can maybe get a 1000 She's the one asking, how much do I make? You know, like, what's yeah. the catch here, you know? But so many people, they just play for them, and they go, that's so great. We want to sign you, uh, but we're going to need uh, an upfront fee to know you're serious. I mean, like, that alone should ring the alarms. But I guess, on the other hand, when you're delu- you have delusions of grandeur. All I'm saying is, if you make them oh, feel special, we have a higher chance of signing everybody we audition. For sure. That's, yeah. Well, this is how it's done. The only that one band later on when they go to the bigger city is mm-hmm. like, ah, uh, yeah, no. Even like the drummers, like as soon as they say that he starts unhooking his stuff, maybe it's not the drummer, it's the keyboardist. Yeah. And they're just like, God damn it, fuck you guys. Yeah, where do they, I want to say they go north of the Mason-Dixon line, but not quite Chicago, but around there. So they got the hotel room. They do. It's full of records. It is. They have all them people come. They and you know do. what? They're the number one sellers. Hey. Yeah, eventually they start talking about university. You know, there's only a handful of kids that are magnum cum laude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or who go on to, like, 
do anything meaningful. You think that handful, that few best and brightest, do you think their tuition's enough to pay for all those teachers and to pay for all those big buildings? Hell no, in these athletic facilities, you dumb fuckers. Shitting all over me all day long, you know? No, it's filled with idiots who just pay to go to college and then, you know, eventually work at McDonald's or whatever with their BA and art funk or whatever the hell. Lots of people go to college to get like an okay degree. They don't, they don't have to become doctors. A lot of know? people go to college to learn, right? Like they get, they're interested in a thing and they study it, but it's not something they want to do for a living, you know? A guy can be a art major or a literature major and then just be a contractor. Sure. But he liked Thoreau or whatever the fuck. But, so they're like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Let's uh, be more Thoreau with this movie. Ah! Yeah, we're already at 40 minutes. <laughs> My brain exploded. Uh, so th- one lady, one girl comes in, she sings the a song about national anthems. They later keep calling it the new national anthem. Yeah. And the black national anthem. Yeah, he thinks it's yeah, I don't know. Of which there actually is one. Yeah, they say that. He's like, there, mm-hmm. there already is a black national anthem. And the song is so stupid. Well, nobody in the boys who was living very long ask my teacher why folks die. She says some folks that I for songs. It is very stupid. And she's singing it heartfelt, you know, um, like Texas. I'm like Texas. I'm, I'm like Texas, only bigger. Bigger than Texas. and Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me, don't mess with me, don't nobody mess with me, you think I'm kidding, I'm not kidding. Why does this speak to Pat Healy so much? That's what I don't understand. I think, I thought at this moment, he's gone over the deep end and now he's evil Pat Healy and he's just talking a game to hook them. He had the, I think, is it... Did he have the pep talk already where he's like, you got to get in there. You always step back once you talk about money and you got to touch him on the back sometimes. You, I, touch, touch him. So I thought he was just slipping into Vince Vaughn mode and he's just hooking them. But he goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put up uh, half of the money myself. And I think that's only because that grandpa, that old guy doesn't have any money. Like he's very no, clear right. about what the fuck. But that's something you can say. And then just not do? Yeah. We know they're not getting the full of whatever they're supposed to get because then the numbers are different. I think this is him, his last moment of trying to sell himself on this job being a positive thing. Okay. Like trying to find the goodness in this job. Because, yeah. Like all the money he's taken from everybody, he's reinvesting in them because this, is, this isn't a bad job, right? Right? I'm not the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Are we the baddies? Are we the baddies? And so... He feels good about it, and they go back home, and Robert Longstreet's like, Why does this check have your name on it? Just put my money where my mouth is. Is there a problem with us doing that? Personally, wouldn't make a habit of it, but... Anyway, uh, Shank wanted to know if you boys are ready to go on another trip. It was a thousand bucks. I wouldn't make a habit of it. I thought it was 450 Didn't he specifically say, I'll, I'll pay 450 out of my own pocket? I thought he said for 50% of it. I thought he. I thought he may have put up twelve hundred. My ears. Yeah. Not so good. I know. I know. My attention span. Yeah. Not so good. I figured as much. My brain. Yeah. It's fine. Not, not so good. And and, and but they like eh, whatever. And so they keep going on the road. He's not. He's a little wishy washy with his girlfriend. We see her once or twice. And him and Clarence are the majority of the movie. And there's just so many musical acts. Some might say too many. 
I some might say sixty percent too many. Okay. It got to the point where Callie was just like, "I'm going to go outside in the yard because we were watching the living room." Soak up moonlight. I was like, well, "I'll just go watch it upstairs." I mean, do you think his girlfriend has like a real job and then that other shits her side hustle? She she balling out of control. No, I think what she does is she makes those duck things and shit because they're just crappy shit that people buy, and that's what she does in lieu of her stronger artistic passions because he says well i'll set up the website and we can really get you going or whatever you know oh man i was hoping that was like her side she goes you think i want to paint fucking ducks all day or whatever even though they're chickens right i don't know what the fuck they were i'll buy one that's what i think i could i could totally be wrong but uh healy and see what's up please do and slowly though pat healy starts to just yeah be like i don't i don't know man and then they go to the music studio. They're driving around. They're like, oh, man. Sure you get the right address? It should be in this block. Man, we shouldn't send people here. This looks bad. Yeah, I'm sure the rent is cheap. And uh, so they pull in, and the guy's like, oh, yeah, come on in. And it's a real studio. Yeah. I was surprised. And the national anthem girl is there. And her old man is just fuming goes right for keeney why does he go for keeney because they're both black because get he, over here. yeah he didn't want to hear shit that pat healy had to say yeah he even says like i don't you know i'm gonna talk to this guy because we're the same skin tone mr kent how you doing it's good to see you sir and i see you outside so he goes out and he's ripping into him and pat healy's watching them and the girl is just like dejected tired well, isn't it because there's something wrong with the fucking equipment? Is the equipment going bad, or are they just rewinding tape? Okay, you ready again, Kendra? In the woods, when the... Okay, let's go again. Okay. I think they were rewinding tape. I think she was... They said it was like the 8th, 90th take. No, it was the 9th. Oh, they said the 90th. 9th, all the way run through. Oh, okay. Whatever it is, it's clear to Pat Healy that... I mean, they're laughing at her, basically, and... He's like, I don't think we're doing a good thing here. Well, and as soon as Keeney gets done talking to the guy, he's like, we, we got to get, get out of here fu- now. Yes. We need to get the hell out of here right now. Why? Right now. Uh, and I don't know what that was about, but. What do you say? It don't matter. It wasn't good, man. I think we just got to shake that shit off. Because that guy's so mad. He's going to fuck him up. Sure. But uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if he was like, I'm calling the police or I'm going to get my gun or whatever. Well, I don't understand what the problem is, because if. Their equipment's not bad, which is what I thought was Maybe it on. was. I don't know. It seemed like something was fucking up and they kept having her go back to take one. Because like, mm-hmm. if it's just a regular recording studio, even if they're like making fun of her, you're still getting your money's worth. Yeah, right. They, they are actually doing seemingly what they said they would. I think their equipment's all fucked but up. Maybe it was that they were fucking around with it. Saying like, oh, yeah, that one didn't t- turn out to, to waste time. Yeah, it did seem like Because then Robert game. Longstreet says, oh, yeah, I, you know, the way I heard it, she just kind of screwed up up there. You know, wasted a lot of time in the studio. All the money kind of got sucked up into that. You know, we couldn't press CDs, couldn't do mailings. I mean, you know, it happens. Maybe you should see uh, we can work something out with him, get a, little, get a little more money out of it. Yeah, hey, you know, you're going back around there. And he's like, uh-uh, man. So he gives them like 100 bucks each. Oh man, the boss is like really impressed with you guys. Yeah, the bonuses, and you'll uh, you get your paychecks next Friday. Yeah, and I and he gave him plane tickets one way to go to Louisville. One way tickets. Well, they get to the airport, and that's when the lady's like, "All right, one way." And he's like, "What?" Pat Healy's like, "Well, this is not good." And Clarence is like, "You know, that's that them, them new accounting stuff. 
uh, the agency said that if they set up the round trips like this, that it would save the company and us uh, money. It's like, clearly they're going to abandon you there. Yeah, and you shit's crazy. I feel bad for Clarence, especially in this moment, but then later on, but because he's still really trying to sell himself on this, you know, and he wants it to be real. I, man, I don't know how these things work, he says later on. That's just how they do it. Like, and here he goes, ah, it's this some new accounting thing. Like, they gave him bullshit. But I feel like, he, you know, by the end, he, it's clear he, he knew he's been lying to himself oh, all yeah, along. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, he's really trying to... Do it for to, me, man. Do it for me. He knows he's taking advantage of people, but he's also... There's a little bit of leeway where he can defend it because well they're going to the studio and you know so they you know he's like this pat he is like man this is not good you know but he he begs him to go and so they go and yeah nobody's having anything of them no they get to the hotel and the band's been there waiting for a while and he goes yes sir are you with some sort of music company yes yes well we can't help you here no we are having no part of you now do you think it's because the band is there waiting and it seems like they're bad news or he's already heard of them and is like absolutely not i felt at first it was because there were multiple bands waiting but then when he sort of said like we don't want to do any have anything to do with you wall of sound people or whatever and then later when the clarence mentions to them on the phone like man this place is bad you know whatever you guys did up here what'd you guys do up here right so then i'm like they wouldn't even let us in the hotel exactly and then then they paid for their other hotel and they're buying cabs (laughs) they had to pay for their own hotel and nobody's having it up there you know like dude's like dude we we have a studio yeah we thought you were oh well, maybe you know we were looking to branch out maybe we can and they're just like oh, okay man your orange suit it's not hypnotizing us up here fella so they call the guy and he's like we have no sales man we, we gotta get the fuck out of here you know yeah the hotel won't take us and and he goes okay man he wants us to deposit the money whatever money they've scraped together i guess uh and then we need to because he needs to pay for 50 percent of the tickets because the travel agency has them but they won't release them and pat healy's like how does that make sense he goes i don't know you know how many planes i flew on before the one we got here <laughs> i don't know how this shit works i want to believe this is right and he goes man this is not good so eventually um they have nowhere to stay no money nobody's answering the phone and uh, they're just sitting on a busted up couch in a parking lot somewhere and louisville kentucky oh i'm sorry before that we we saw the lady she comes in oh she can sing yeah and she's cute she's beautiful she's expressive she's the kind of person who sings a song acapella song sucks it makes like eye movements and looks like she's remembering fond memories of stuff it sounds like she's singing some sort of some gospel shit yeah old irish tune oh don't don't you lift me up Ooh, like I'm that shiner. Some gospel shit, I think, because I think she says something about the Lord. Hell yeah. Just a real standard American classic. And Pat Healy's had enough. And he goes, Jesus, Clarence is like, um, well, how much can you get us, you know? And she seems to kind of be on the hook. He's like, you've been a waitress? How has nobody discovered you? And uh, uh, I work at an old people bar. Yeah. And, I get the bad shit. Well, goddamn, you know, like you got the shit. Let's, you know, we want to do this. and You got the shit. You got the juice. You got the juice now, man. And you could tell that she, she's, she, got, she's got the juice. She's man. got the juice. It's yeah. loose. Oh. It's going every which way, you oh, know. Oh, fuck. Uh, six ways to Sunday. and There's a head over there, another head over there. We're on a Bronco you down can, the highway. You could tell that singing is her passion. Yeah, for sure. But she's stuck in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. right? But here comes these guys. 
And they can talk a good talk, you know? So she's kind of on board. Flim Flam Man? Flim Flam Bim Bam. Yep. You know, and uh, Pat Healy just gets up and he goes, you know what? No, Clarence. She can't afford it. Miss, can't do business with you. She's looking at him like confused, you know? Like she almost peeks behind the veneer and knows it's a scam, but she still wants to believe it isn't, you know? So she goes, oh, okay. And Clarence is just about to whoop some butt. She goes, why... You know, I bartender over at uh, McGillicuddy's, and if you guys are ever in the neighborhood, you want to stop by for a drink. Oh, okay, and she leaves. And t- hey, man, what kind of shit was that? I could have had that girl sold in less than two minutes. She's actually talented. Oh, well, isn't that the fucking point, man? Now, damn it, I don't want to sell any of them anymore. I just want to go home and forget about this fucking job. And then they're on their ass, and he's really ripping into them, you know. This is my fucking job, man. I got a family and shit. You ain't got nothing. Does he have six kids? I think so, and three on the way. Is that real? That's from something else. That's from Lo and Behold. Okay. <laughs> and and, and uh, he's pissed, you know? He's carrying around the gold records in his shopping bag, and yeah. they, they have no way of getting from Louisville to wherever the fuck they live. Oh, North Carolina. So he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to that fucking airplane terminal, and I'm going to sweet talk my ass on a plane. I'll tell that bitch she sounds like Deanne Warwick, and I'm getting on that fucking... And he looks him in the eye, and he goes, you know how I knew you were my friend? That's how I knew, and he walks away. What does that mean? I think he, because Pat Healy didn't say anything to defend the idea that they're friends, that that's, that's the silence is how he knew that we weren't really friends. Because if we were, he'd be like, well, we are friends. Yeah, I, I feel like they are friends. Fast friends, man. Yeah. Fast nine friends, you know? And Not ten? No, God, no. It's not out yet. Did it not just come out? It comes out next Friday. Didn't you see the calendar? Did you add did you add that stuff to the calendar? No, but check this out. There's a company that's offering $1000 to the individual that watches the nine previous movies within a 2 week span leading up to the release of the new one and documented every car accident, the cars that were involved and the extent of the damage. Are you doing it? Uh-uh. I hate those movies. Yeah, I, I like a, a couple of them, but I have no interest in the new one. The last one was Garbaggio. They're so, all they're all fucking garbage. What are you talking about? So Pat Healy, he goes to a Mexican restaurant and he's just eating the free chips and salsa. He goes somewhere else and does something, and then he eventually ends up at the bar, and he asks for Gloria. She work here? Oh yeah, and she comes out and she's just cute as a button. Yeah. Uh, and they have some beers, and they're just chit-chatting, and I'm thinking, oh, man, he's just going to live with this girl. Yeah, fuck that girl. He's going to run away and be with this girl. Yeah. You know? On your throne of lies. And she's like, you know what? Because Clarence even goes, call up that girl. Tell her you had second thoughts and get some money so we can get the fuck out of here. And he goes, I can't do that, you know? But she's like, I want to work with you guys. You know, let's go get some money. No, before that, they go back to her apartment, and they're kissing. Yeah. But nice, he, nice, he, nice. I get worked out. He stops. Yeah. And she is just like, what? She has that moment where you're intoxicated both on alcohol but also on lust. Yeah. And the wheels just grind it to a halt. Ah. And she doesn't know what's happening. But she pieces it together. She goes, oh, I should have asked if you had a girlfriend. Because he has a girlfriend. Yeah. And he's not willing to cheat on her. No. This isn't. But he, he's already already making out with her. That Billy Crudup movie runs away from his family. He's the world traveler. traveler. World of 
sound traveler. Oh, man, the great world traveler of sound. Yeah, he kisses on her a bit. I mean, probably shouldn't have done that. Hey, man, spend money to make money. Exactly. You're not in the same zip code as your girlfriend. That's the rule. Oh, yeah. You know. Is that true? That's what they tell me. We wasted a lot of our time in Chicago, apparently. Well, technically, I'm currently not in my girlfriend's zip code. Where's that dog? Oh. Uh, So uh, he takes her money, you know, and she doesn't ask for any information. You know, he just. She's excited to have done it. Yeah. And she gives it to him. This is so fucking sad. I I would have given it to her. I love her. The penis? Because she's got like her hair done up and she undoes it and they're just pigtails. Yeah. I'm like, who is this little pixie, right? She's the best. She is the best. So do you want to fight Pat Healy for taking her money? I do. I want to swoop in after the aftermath, and she's just crying. I find this so horrible that he was backed into a corner and had to commit this horrible act upon a nice lady. I'd like to think that he pays her back. I would like to think that as well, but I don't think he does. So he gets tickets, and he calls up Clarence. Um, and you know, Clarence is like, I knew you'd come through and you fucked that girl, right? No, I fucked her over. Yeah. Uh huh. And they get back and you smell my fingers. Pat Healy just goes to his garage and passes out. And his girlfriend comes in after like two days and she's like, you're in here. (laughs) What, what the hell? I don't know. And she's just like, well, there's a man at the door, a big man. Yeah. And she, he goes out and it's Clarence and he goes, ah, fuck bruh. I went to the office. They cleared that shit out. Apparently, one of the guys wired a five thousand dollar check, or was it five hundred? Whatever it was ended to up shank being fifty thousand. But he ended up getting fifty. And so before you know um, the jig was up, they just were getting the hell out of there. He says that that's what they said. I don't know if I believe it exactly. But he ran either into Shank or Robert Longstreet, and they gave him money, two grand, to shut up. But they also he also got an extra two for Pat Healy. Double it or I'll kill you right here, right now. Thumbs and, in the eyes. He hands it to him and he doesn't take it, so he just sets it on the ground. I mean, I would be Clarence's friend. Yeah, Clarence is uh after I mean, this. I, I, I like Clarence a lot. I'm a little disturbed by him being like, now nah, we do need to fuck these people over because yeah. I, I need to take care of my family. Yeah. That's, that's a little off-putting. But otherwise, yeah, well, I, lo- but he I said, love him. You know, I slept on the streets for like three years, man. I'm not doing that shit again. Have you ever used a rock for a pillow? And when you're on the street, you know, there is no sympathy or empathy or it's just fucking you man you know? you're just you're just rubbing any kind of meat you can find on mm-hmm. your body mm-hmm. so that the cats lay on you at night because it is cold out there yeah man and, and i bought that part and i loved it and but he you know we don't know what happened so him and the girlfriend get into it a little bit and but then they're fine and he sits down to paint one of her things when she goes to make coffee and the movie ends yeah, it's a nice moment where she's like, do you want to help me paint those things? He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a sad movie, mm-hmm. but it's good. Yeah, it's muted. I've read reviews that say there's too many uh, musical auditions. That's what you said. I don't know if I believe that or not, but uh, it's a solid film, man. I mean, it's exploring a world that you don't ever get to look at. Mm-hmm. It is in settings that you normally don't spend a ton of time in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some, some shitty hotel rooms, too much time in the shitty hotel rooms. And it's chock full of great actors. And for except, whatever... Except for bad hair, maybe. Whatever the budget was, I think they used it appropriately 
and to good effect. It feels like a movie. It oh, feels yeah. like an IFC movie, but it feels like a movie. The sound isn't weird. You know, the quality of the picture is good. Acting is solid. You know, nobody's unbelievable or there's no weird, like, in-your-face, absurdist, blunt yeah. anything. It's The national anthem thing's a little stupid, but... Well, they don't, at least they don't fucking hang their hat on that for too long. Right. Although they then do a full rendition of the song over the credits, like very seriously, like a Robert Staff song or something. I feel like at the time this came out, it was one of the second tier like indie movies. You know, like there's the first tier where people are like, oh, God, check that out. It's like a name you maybe recognize. Yeah. But then there's the second tier over where people are like, yeah, this is a good movie, Mm -hmm. but nobody really notices it. Yeah. You might. You might recognize Pat Healy. You might recognize Robert Longstreet, maybe. But I I can see, because it does feel like a fake documentary at first. As does Lo and Behold. Yeah. Um, Well, that would, I think that's maybe not accurate. Oh, hold on. No, no, no. I think maybe that's not actors. That's real interviews. Yeah, absolutely. But it starts with that. And then it just intersperses pictures of the main character driving. So you're like, is this a documentary? And same thing with this. And I think because they sort of almost adhered to that vibe without actually... Because the office hadn't invented it yet. So there was no way for them to do that. Shroot mm-hmm. ah. Farms. Right? Yeah. So so I think because it feels like that, maybe I'm like a little bit more invested because I feel like I'm I'm in those rooms with this. Yeah. Which I think works really well. What do you give the movie? <sighs> oh 7.5 almost an eight just like a little bit too long dude Mm -hmm. if you shaved off like 15 minutes even i feel like i would easily give it an eight i think it's yeah i think it's a very good film Mm -hmm. i think it's very interesting i think it looks nice yes i think pat healy's fantastic pacing is great too keeney's great shank seems like a fake person fits perfectly for He's playing that guy, mm-hmm. you know, like he's that, that he's nebulous character has a persona as he's trying to trick these people that work for him. Right. He at one point wants to be jovial, friendly and inspirational, but at the same time, not leave any identifiable yeah. uh, memories of his presence. I go by shank. <laughs> My, <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd give it a 7.5 as well. Uh, I feel like there could have maybe been two or three more musical performances right right more uh, maybe like another 20 minutes at another hotel yeah we didn't really get i was i forgot what they were even doing at one point because it was like oh that's right this is a music thing we should maybe see a little bit more music but other than that yeah i enjoyed this movie robert longstreet's pretty great in it too huh yeah when, when the movie mm-hmm. started and he's talking to him, I was like, oh, shit, this is it. This is all, this is the long street yeah. we're going to get. And then he was like the third credit that came up. And I was like, oh, I yeah. actually, I think we're going to be in with him for the long haul. Great. Yeah. And he comes around a little bit here and there. I like when they're first training them. He's wearing one of those um like broker dress shirts where it's like black with a white collar and white cuffs. And, a, and it's a French cuff. So you have to use cufflinks, but it's like unbuttoned. You know, it's like he's projecting the image, but not quite 100%. Oh, remember when he has him call the phone number to find out how much money it... Information. This is my personal account number. As of May 7th, your balance is 
and 33 cents. Think those numbers will get you through lunch? I turn to Callie and I go, you know, if that were my bank account, I'd feel, you know, good about that. But if I'm trying to impress guys because I'm like a record mogul. That's not good. That's not good. That's That's what you should be spending on like coffee. Like, are you 35 or 40 years old? You seem like you've been doing this for a decade or Mm -hmm. something. And that's how much you've saved. You make it sound like you make a lot of money here. You you, you don't. No. You know. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah this is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Y'all, maybe y'all should watch it. I would recommend this one for sure. Keeney, what, right, what's, uh, what do you give Robert Longstreet? This one was free, right? Yeah, I was going to say, did you watch it on YouTube? I it's did. It's like free with ads, but there were no ads. Oh, I have premium. Oh. YouTube. Well, I don't. It said free with ads, and there were no ads. Mm-hmm. I, kept I get that for sometimes it. on like Hulu. Uh, you, 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 or not Hulu, but like um, like a Crackle or a Voodoo or something where it's like with ads and then you watch it and you're like, wait a second, there ain't no ads in here. Ooh, what do you give Robert? I'll give him a seven. seven. Yeah. I, I knew it was going to be a seven. I mean, when allowed to do his thing, especially if it's in limited supply, it's dependable, man. The guy's a fucking workhorse, you know? Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a seven great. Okay, what do you give Pat Healy? 5.5. What? Mm-hmm. You give Pat Healy a 5.5? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. What do you give him? A 2? <clears throat> I don't want to say now. No, give it to me. You give him a 9? I was going to give him an 8. Oh, hey, no, no, hey, you do what you do, man. I think he's really interesting in this. I think he's all right. What do you give Keeney? I'll give him an 8. Do you think his name is Kenny? God, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Keen? Keeney? Kenny? God, I've been calling him Keeney the whole time. I bet you his fucking name is Kenny. I bet you fucking dollars to donuts it's Kenny. Could be. Well, all right. So we do filmographies. We do. On uh, Instagram and YouTube and Reddit. Reddit. Facebook. You can um, Gmail us at we do in filmographies. We on Twitter do filmographies. This is crazy watching him try to use his phone while telling you guys these things. It's so muted and dead. We have a supply of heads in the basement. Okay, so you can email us. You know what? There's a fucking phone number. Yeah, you I can, don't have the phone number. You got to do you that. Can call. I know. I'm looking it up. 763-634-1897. 763-634-1897. We do in filmographies. We say 10 at a time per run. We often lie. You, you got 11 out of us this time. We got one more to go. The final, Robert Longstreet, is next week. It's called Low and Behold. I'm going to tip my hat a little bit. I liked that one. So we see you next week with Lo and Behold. Make sure you head over to the Now Playing Network and check out all the other... McKelty Williamson. What'd they say? McKelty Williamson. Is McKelty? McKelty. I've heard someone call him Michael T, though. Because they were white. But why would anybody ever call him Michael T when it's one word? Because I think... God damn it. God, you go pee, because i got to think on this, because I think I have an answer for you. Go to the nowplayingnetwork.net and listen to the other great podcasts they have about music and movies. We are part of that network. Hey, Jim, we like your network, and we'll see you next week. I'm Jason. I'm Jules. We did filmographies. Because I feel like in his earlier career, he's titled as Michael... T. Williamson.